Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Morning, City Life. How are you this morning? Amen. Thank you so much for being here. We greatly appreciate you uh, and you that are watching at home. Uh, we greet you with Jesus' joy, and we thank you so much for being a part of what God is doing here at City Life Lansing. Uh, I am excited. I know I came out here all cool, calm, and collected, but on the inside, I'm doing backflips because of what this series has meant to me, uh, what Unite on Wednesdays has meant to me, uh, and then the culmination of this series today. We're in the book of Philemon, and I want to read for your hearing uh, the passage that I'm going to deal with today, and then we're going to get right into it. Um, one, one thing that I did want to do, my wife is here. Honey, if you want to just wave your hands. Um, I know you all are used to seeing her doing worship, um, but I just love her, and I, I greatly appreciate you and the woman that you are, uh, and I just wanted to celebrate you, my love. Um, and then, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's awesome. Um, our family, I just, it's just great. Uh, let's pray real quick. We'll read the scripture and then we'll jump in. Father, we thank you uh, for this day. We thank you for this time to hear your word. The, you, your Bible says that hearing, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Father, we thank you for what we are going to hear today. We ask that you would speak to us out of the counsel of your word. Father, that we would be able to practically live out your principles in the earth. Ultimately, that people would be edified and that you would be glorified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let everyone say amen. Philemon, it's only one chapter, verses 20 through 25 says, Yes, brother, may I benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Since I am confident of your obedience, I am writing to you, knowing that you will do even more than I say. Meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me, since I hope that through your prayers, I will be restored to you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. And so do Mark, Aristocras, Demas, and Luke, my co-workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. In this powerful Unite series, we've talked about so many things. And so real quickly, I just want to recap a few of the things that we've talked about during this series. We started out discussing Jesus praying for us to unite as one. Then we dove into Philemon and talked about Paul, the prisoner of Christ, addressing his friend and co-laborer in the faith regarding the tensions between Philemon and, um, and Onesimus. We found out that not only was Onesimus a slave to Philemon, but he potentially stole from him and thus was exiled from him. Then Paul pleads with him, based on love instead of the authority that he has as an apostle to take Onesimus back and be reconciled as more than a slave, but as a brother. Paul considers Onesimus a son and wishes for 
his partner in the faith, Philemon, to welcome Onesimus and charge his debts to Paul's own account. And finally, Paul emphasizes that he would not only repay Onesimus's debt, but that Philemon himself was indebted to him as the one that was responsible for his conversion. And in spite of all that, Paul begged Philemon on Onesimus's behalf to see them reconciled. This is similar to Jesus who lives to make intercession for us that we would be reconciled to the Father. Uh, and that that's, coincides with Hebrews 7, 25. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. And that's the premise that we close out this series with. We, the body of Christ, are connected. If I had to give a title to this uh, talk, it would be Connection. We are better together. We, the body of Christ, are connected. We're far better together than we are apart. We need each other. There was a song that Hezekiah Walker, a famous gospel singer uh, and his choir, sung. And the words to the song says, I need you. You need me. We are a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We are a part of God's body. It's his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. Ephesians 4, 16 says, From him, meaning Christ, the whole body fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. In other words, our growth individually and collectively hinges on the proper working of each individual part of the body. The body is joined together, fit together in such a way that every part of the body, though they have their own individual roles, they still work together as a whole, collectively. And so it is with our natural body, so it is with our spiritual body, the body of Christ. Your horizontal relationship with your neighbor is equally important as your vertical relationship with God. So much so that Christ summed it up the law and the prophets in two commands, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because as we love God and his love is cast to us, we then display that love so that others might be saved through the love of Christ that is shown and displayed in our lives. In Philemon 17, we understand that the Greek word partner is koinonos. Say that one five times. <laughs> that word koinonos means sharer, partaker, companion, or associate. And so the way that Paul used it in verse 17 
He was talking about the the partnership or association that he and Philemon had. But if we go back up to verse 6, we contrast that with another word that comes from the root koinonos, and that word is koinonia. And those that went to unite know that this particular word has a deeper level of intimacy. Paul used the sharing Paul talks about uh, as it relates to the sharing of Philemon's faith means participation, fellowship, and communion. So Philemon's co-labor with Paul was eclipsed by his participation in the faith and his relationship with Christ. It's like I said, it's a deeper level of intimacy. It's not just a partnership as in an association or a co-labership, but the word that Paul specifically used talking about Philemon in sharing his faith was more intimate that he was a partaker, that he was in participation, fellowship, and communion. We use that word communion when we talk about the Lord's Supper. Why? Because of the intimate nature of that fellowship. Paul puts Philemon's love of God and neighbor on display in verse 7 as the hearts of the saints are refreshed And he implores him in verse 20 to refresh his heart in Christ by showing love to Onesimus. Can you picture how Philemon must have felt? Can you picture how he must have felt while he's born again and he's allowing this church to meet in his home with his family and they're loving each other and then this letter which was read aloud for the entire church to hear, then deals with such a personal dealing. And we don't even have to deal with the fact that he had a slave. That was common in that time. But what we can deal with is the fact that he was wronged by him potentially stealing from him. As some of us may have had situations where someone took something from us. And it even, doesn't even have to be physical. It could be something like your joy or your peace. And if you've experienced that, then you know what it feels like to then have that person come before you or have that person talked about. And your mind then goes from the love of God and the joy of the Lord to, well, you know, that so-and-so. They did X, Y, and Z. And Paul says to Philemon, knowing full well who he is and his heart, says, if you consider you and I koinonos, then refresh my heart by your koinonia. If you consider us to be friends, if you consider us to be partners, then I want you to refresh my heart by receiving Onesimus, not just as your slave, but as your brother in Christ, because he is now converted. It's easy to talk about love and connection when we don't consider the unforgiveness that we harbor in our hearts. It's easy to go on and talk about connection. It's easy to talk about all of those things when we don't first deal with what's in our heart. Mark eleven twenty five. 25, 
reads, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you your wrongdoing. God in Christ has forgiven all our sin once and for all. We are partakers in that forgiveness, but we grieve the Father in heaven when we don't show that same forgiveness to our neighbor. And we cannot talk about connection. We cannot talk about unite. We cannot talk about unity if we don't first talk about unforgiveness. It's especially important to show our brothers and sisters in Christ that that forgiveness because we're connected to them. Could you imagine if your foot held a grudge against your leg and decided it wasn't going to function? Let me know how that works out for you. It wouldn't, because as sure as I'm standing here, I'd be on the floor if my foot just decided, oh, you know what, the leg wronged me yesterday, I'm just done. What would happen if our hand decided, you know what, the wrist was talking about my mama the other day, I'm just, I'm done, I'm And we laugh and we think that that's funny, but what happens in the church when our neighbor wrongs us or the perception of wrong happens? It doesn't even have to be something that they intentionally did, but our perception, and we learn in psychology that perception is reality. So you're going along about your business asleep, sleeping fine at night, and then our neighbor feels wrong. And they cease to function in the body because of something that they perceived wrong. This is why Paul addressed it with the church at Ephesus. And he addressed it with the church at Rome. Romans 12, 3 through 5. This Disclaimer, this is about to be real word heavy because I want this to sink into your heart. So if you have a pen and pad, if you're taking notes, write these scriptures down, revisit them. But I want this to sink in because I want us as a body collectively to be able to, no matter where we are, I'm, I'm not even just talking about city life. I'm talking to the church at large. I want us to consider our hearts. And I want us to consider our connections because your neighbor needs you. In order for the church in Acts, the early church, to expand the way that they expanded, there had to be connection. Romans 12, 3 through 5. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members 
of one another. There are many people and names in the background, but it is all front row to God. There are many names, many people in the background, but it is all front row to God. We see this all throughout Scripture, specifically here in Philemon. In verse 1, Paul mentions Timothy. In verse 2, as he addresses Philemon, he also addresses Aphia, possibly his wife, and Acrippus, potentially the pastor of the church or at least another brother in the faith worthy of mention. Down in verse 23... As his final greetings, before the closing of the letter, Paul mentions Epaphras, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke. We don't know the entire list of people who went to that church that met at Philemon's house. And some people, you know, are mentioned. Some people are never mentioned. We don't even know what their impact is, but they are all important to God. That means that if Pastor Jerome never calls your name, you are important. Your contribution to the body, whether you stand on this stage or you're sweeping floors and cleaning toilets, your contribution to the body is important. There are some names that never got mentioned in the Bible, but God knows them. He knows them specifically by name. And he knows that contribution. And the only thing that we are working for is for him to one day say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. Come with me and I will make you ruler over many. That's it. I'm not doing what I do to get my name called. If my name is called, great. If it's not, oh well. But I know that my father knows me. And my reward is with him. Each and every member of the body of Christ is important to God. Our acro- what was our acronym for Unite? We can put it up on the screen. You and I, together at the cross, we eat. You and I together. Because at the end of the day, ministering the gospel, we don't do it alone. The scripture says that one water, one plants, another waters, but God gives the increase. We don't know if we're doing the watering. We don't know if we're doing the planting. All we do is follow the leading of the Holy Spirit so that we can do our part. But we're not going to be the ones doing the watering and the planting and getting the increase and getting the harvest. Personally, I don't want to. That's too much work. Can we, can we just be honest? <laughs> but we need each other to effectively do this. We all have a seat at the table, and Paul had to remind Philemon that while Onesimus may have wronged him, and was once his slave. He's now your brother in the faith and deserves your forgiveness and reconciliation. But what about us? 
Who are we disconnected from? Who have we not forgiven? Who are we disconnected from? Who should we be reconciled to? Let's go deeper. What about ourselves? What about our hearts? Have you forgiven yourself for your shortcomings and failures? Because God's forgiven you. He separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. He's not thinking about it. So why are you still? I've got a few more scriptures that I want to go through, and I'm going to let you be on your way. Unite in motion looks like everyone has purpose. Psalm 138.8 says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Lord, your faithful love endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. If you, and these, these scriptures, I really want you to get down because if you're wondering about what your purpose is, wondering about whether or not God does have a purpose for you, I want you to know that God is intentional about everything that he does. He was intentional when he created the heavens and the earth. He was intentional with everything that he did in creation, and he was intentional about you being here on this earth for such a time as this. Think about this. Parents, if you haven't had the talk with your kids, I'm sorry. A lot of parenting is about to happen right now, um, but you've been warned. How many billion sperm went through the canal and didn't make it? How many hundreds even make it? into the area, the region, you know what I'm talking about, and still don't fertilize the egg. And yet, you made it. Think about that. Out of the billions that went there, you're here. If that doesn't say that there is a purpose for your life, I don't know what does. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 5. The word of the Lord came to me. I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. God's talking to Jeremiah. But can we not draw from this 
that there was a purpose behind us fertilizing that egg and being here? Have you considered that there is a reason why you are here? And it's for more than isolation. I'm an introvert. I recharge on my own. And yet I work from home. I'm with three children most of the time during the day. My wife is there with me because we educate them at home. And then we have neighbors that like to come over. Our house has become a hub in our neighborhood. And God had to reframe my focus because I'm like, well, when am I going to have time to myself? He's like, well, but I didn't call you to just be by yourself. I called you to be a light and a light set on a hill everyone's going to see and think it not strange that I have these people who are not saved coming to your home. Ephesians 2.10 For we are his, we're still talking about purpose here in case you got off. We're still talking about purpose. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Remember I said, unite in motion looks like everyone has purpose. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time before the foundations of the world. You were created, you were on the mind of God for your purpose to be fulfilled in the earth. Jeremiah 29:11 For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come to me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. Think not that your prayers are not being heard. I don't know who I'm talking to. Think not that God does not hear you. He does. And he knows the plan that he has for you. And that plan and purpose, as sure as I'm standing here today, will happen if you continue to trust him. Two more points and I'm going to sit down. Unite in motion looks like everyone is equal in worth through different, though different in authority. Let me say that again. Unite in motion looks like everyone is equal in worth, though different in authority. Matthew 6, 26 and 30, 26 through 30. Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe the wildflowers. Other translations say the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God's if that how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, 
you of little faith. Again, unite in motion. Unite, if we are to live out this thing called unity, it looks like everyone is equal in worth, though different in authority. You may not be the pastor of the church. You may not be a deacon. You may not be anyone in any type of authority, but you're still important. Your worth to God is no different than a pastor. He has a different set of rules that he needs the pastor to follow, but it does not mean that you are less important. Get this. Matthew 10, 29 through 31. I might have had y'all come up a little early, but it's okay. Hang out with me. Play with me. Aren't two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them falls to the ground without your father's consent. But even the hairs of your head have been counted. Other translations say numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I have a patch right here, if you've never noticed it, my hairline goes up. So it's like a line here and then there's this like circle here. And God knows not only that 300 hairs are missing from that little space, but he knows hair number 4,706 through 5,207 are missing out of my head because the very hairs of your head are numbered. You're not hearing me. You're not, you're not hearing me. Think, think, of it, think of it this way. He loves you and I enough to not just count the hairs on our head but they're numbered that's intimacy that's love and so if he can take care of the sparrows how much more will he take care of you we're still in the word Ephesians Four, eleven through 13 and he himself Christ gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and some teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son growing in maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness Everyone is equal in worth. Regardless of your title, regardless of your authority, everyone is equal in worth. Last point, unite in motion looks like everyone has different roles but are important in action. My hand can't do what my arm does, but it's important. My funny bone, I have no idea why we have it. We call that the funny bone, but if you hit it, you know it's there. 
it has a purpose, but it can't do what my fingers do. You may not be able to do what sister or brother so-and-so does, but it doesn't mean that you're not important. If we stop the disease called comparisonitis and we just focus on what our passions are, God can reveal to us what our purpose is. But instead, we are comparing ourselves to our brother and to our sister. God doesn't need two Jennies. He's got one. God doesn't need two Robs. He's got one. And there's not another you. So guess what? If you don't fulfill your purpose, there is a lack in the kingdom because you're not there. First Corinthians 12, I'm, I'm, I promise you I'm almost done. First Corinthians 12, we're gonna go 24B to 27. Instead, God has put the body together giving greater honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body, but that the members would have the same concern for each other. So if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Paul concludes Philemon with confidence in Philemon's response and helpfulness to soon visit the church. His hopefulness to soon visit the church. While this is a short letter, it's powerful in its demonstration of the great power of the gospel in interpersonal relationships. Whether we've, whether we've done wrong or been wronged, we are or even if we're mediating like Paul is doing between members of the body, being a disciple means submitting to God's plan of forgiveness and reconciliation. There might be someone here today. You may not be united with your brothers and sisters. You may have isolated yourself from the body. And can I just share, you don't have to leave to be absent. You can be here physically, but your heart be somewhere else. God is calling for us to connect. Sure, you may not be able to come out physically and, and take part in all of the different activities, but you can pray. Like Rhett says, we can give. There are things that we can do to shore up the body. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, forgive us for being disconnected. And yeah, we, we, we don't necessarily have to ask because we know that you've forgiven us already and you love us but God we want to acknowledge our disconnect and we want to reconnect with the source 
So Father, we ask that you reconnect us today. For the sake of your purpose that you have for us and for the sake of the body. Then there may be those of you who don't know Christ. I pray for you that you be reconciled to the Father and that you accept Christ. Romans 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. One believes with the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. If you believe and you confess, Repent and be baptized. Now you may not have any water right now, but I guarantee you if you have accepted Christ right now in this moment, you are saved. This is your time to connect. For everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The worship team is gonna sing. nothing else that I said if you heard nothing else of the sermon know that you are loved you belong and you have purpose we'll be back next week 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. all races all faces all ages you belong here and we're gonna keep loving the city one life at a time and we won't stop until he makes all things new. Have the best day of your lives.
Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.